Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. of Jesus, will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you Come to the water of life You will never thirst again Let all who are thirsty come to Him Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again Let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. It was one of those meals where everything had to be perfect and everything was not perfect. First, there was the conflict over who was supposed to provide the service for the washing of the feet. There was no one there to do it, so Jesus, taking off his outer robe, washed the disciples' feet. 
Peter saying, no, no, you're not going to wash my feet. If I don't, Peter, have no place with me. Well, then wash me all over. Then, as they began to talk, as the meal was served, Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me to the Jewish leaders. I will be crucified. Who's going to betray Jesus? None of us will betray you, Jesus. Yes. John, ask Jesus who it is. Well, it's the one I dipped my bread in, and he reached out his hand, took part of the bread, and he dipped it. He handed it to Judas. Judas left. As soon as he took the bread, a demonic spirit entered into him. And he went out. It was night. And suddenly, the disciples, the apostles were broken. Now, as all of this is going on, the last meal Jesus will share now before his crucifixion, he says, I want you to love one another. I want you to love one another. By this, all men will Understand that you are my disciples. You love one another. And then Jesus disturbs them even more. He said, I'm leaving. And you don't know where I'm going. You can't follow now. But you will come later. Of course, impetuous Peter is saying, Look, I'm not going to leave you, no matter what. Jesus tells him, Oh, before the cock crows, he'll disown me three times. Have you ever felt like you had most desired all of your life just can't seem to get your hands on it. When I was just a little boy, talking four years old maybe, I wanted Jesus. We came home from a a worship service and I was crying. And Dad said, Ray, why are you crying? I said, because I want Jesus. He said, well, you have Jesus. No, I don't, Daddy. What do you mean you don't have Jesus? He seems so far away, Daddy. I want Jesus. I want him to hold me. My dad picked me up and held me. I love that he did that. 
He was a big man. My heart was breaking. He was wise enough to ask me, Why do you want Jesus? Well, I just heard the sermon. Daddy, I'm a sinner. He said, What do you mean you're a sinner? What have you done that makes you think you're a sinner? Well, I just know I'm a sinner. Something's not right in my heart, Daddy. Well, let's pray about it. So we prayed about it. He said, does that feel better? No, I feel worse. Everything was going wrong for me as a little boy. I've wanted Jesus all my life. And in some ways, he's come. In some ways, the Holy Spirit has come and anointed me with his presence. But I'm going to be very frank with you today. I still am searching for Jesus. There's a a part of my soul that is empty. Now, I know I've said all the right words and I've done all the right things. But my heart is still lonely for Jesus. And I'm 78, and I've spent almost all of my life searching for that Jesus who would fill that place. I've learned some things, and I know a lot more now. I've studied theology. I've done my master's degree in theology. I know a lot more now. I've read the Bible countless times from Genesis to Revelation. I have a lot more information about who Jesus is, who God is. But the theological understanding and the theological arguments have not satisfied the hunger of my heart. I'm still starving for Jesus. I now know that that will only be changed. The full anointing and powerful work of the Holy Spirit in me. You know, the Holy Spirit started being poured out in the late 1800s in America and in other parts of the world. Then in 1900, when Azuzu Street happened, speaking in tongues, evidence of the Holy Spirit. And then Sister Edder, bless her heart, what a powerful preacher she was. Catherine Kuhlman, I used to try to sneak a radio so I could listen to Catherine Kuhlman when I was just a little guy at home. And my dad rebuked me that she's not of the Spirit of God. She's 
false teacher. Now, I'm not going to argue that with any of you. It was very helpful to me, though, as a little guy. And then there were others. Some of them phony balonies. A lot of them phony balonies. I went off to seminary and asked my favorite professor in said to me, Ray, we don't know the answer to your question because the Holy Spirit has basically been withdrawn from the church. He was right. Others have said the same thing, that in the 1960s, into the 70s, a total transformation took place in the church across America. It became devoid of real Holy Spirit presence and power and instead began to be filled with humanism, with church growth philosophies, with compromise. Church in America soon lost its way completely wasn't strong in its orthodoxy before that, but then it lost even its orthodoxy. And it followed the way of the world and said, there's only one way we can be successful, and that is to bring the world into the church. So into the church came the wild music. Into the church came every kind of evil. The Episcopal Church, the Methodist Church, the Anglican Church. They all were penetrated by darkness. It's a very troubling time. It's very troubling for me because I have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit in a way that would fill that empty part of my heart. Now, what happened in Azusa Street and later, Azusa Street broke up. It was the, for those of you who don't know, it was the foundation for the Pentecostal church. Pentecostal church today has completely lost its way. You have grifters. have men who started out well and have totally lost their way and ended up in the money, 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 money camp with their wonderful jets and their wonderful lifestyle of the rich, 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 and famous. Kenneth Copeland is an example. Grieved my heart. my heart. And what happened is the healing became an end in itself. Pentecost became an end in itself. I was never able to get into any of it. Prosperity churches 
plant your seed with me and are you kidding me? What stupidity, foolishness. Looked at all of this as I've grown up and lived my life searching after Jesus. I'm going to give you a conclusion with this portion. Then I want to go directly into Scripture in John, the 14th chapter. These are the last words that are spoken to the disciples in the security of the upper room before Jesus is crucified. I've come to a very clear conclusion in my own heart. Don't argue with me about whether or not I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Is that what my heart desire was? No, and it's still not. Do I think it's important? Yes, I do. But is that what I want? No. I want God himself. I want Jesus himself. I want that empty place in my heart filled by Jesus. It cannot be filled by the power to do healings. It can't be filled by the power to preach. I've preached and taught and ministered my whole life. I started pastoring a church the summer I was in college. I started preaching when I was eight or nine years old. Did that satisfy the cry of my heart? No. I want God. I want God himself. I want Jesus himself. Nothing else will do. And some of you have also, like me, had times in your life where you just frankly gave up on the Holy Spirit and you gave up on God. I have. Not now, because I've been very clear about something, that what will satisfy my heart is only Jesus, not an intellectual Jesus. I'm talking about, I'm shy of saying any of this to you, but I'm going to. A Jesus that I can become one with. A Holy Spirit who will come and fill me, not in order that I can do wonderful things. To bring me into Jesus. You can only enter into Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to leave you a comforter. I'll talk about that in just a minute. Well, I need that comforter to bring me into Jesus, not to bring me into power. When that happens, the power will come, but that's not what I'm after. What I'm after is that intimacy with Jesus that fills my soul and sets me afire with love and joy and peace and and oneness with, with, with Jesus and then with other people. 
I don't know if any of this rambling is making any sense to you. But I want Jesus. And I'm not going to shut up. I'm like blind Bartimaeus. Tell me to shut up and I'm going to yell louder. This has been the cry of my whole life that I could have Jesus. I want to go back and connect all of this. When things began to go south for the church, and it took some time, but basically by the early 60s, it was over for the American church. The American church was basically apostate and turning away from the Father and from Jesus. They wanted something new and fresh. And that's when they started the concerts and the strobe lights. You're attending a church with strobe lights and smoke stage. It's a place of death. Get out. Go find Jesus. Now, part of what I began to see is that Jesus is coming. That my hungry cry for Jesus is going to be fully met. There is going to be a revival. It's not going to be a revival of miracles and healing, although those will take place. It's going to be a miracle of God's incredible love through Jesus for you, for me. It's going to be a a revival of godliness, of holiness. Right now, there's no interest in the church in holiness. That's why there are only five people listening to this YouTube. Now, I don't know who's listening on radio. We broadcast live on 780 AM here in Washington, D.C. And we're on many other venues, platforms, including TikTok. Young people are very interested in their listening by the hundreds. But what I'm trying to say to you is there's going to be a revival, and it is coming soon. It's right at the door. And this revival is going to be such that men and women are going to be enfolded into the arms of Jesus, which I've longed for all my life. He's coming in revival power. And many, many, many who gave up on Jesus are going to come back. Many of you who say, oh, I'm a pagan. No, you're going to find Jesus. He's going to find you. And he's going to enfold you in love and mercy and compassion. And you are going to learn how to live a holy life, totally given over to him. That's the revival that's coming. It's a revival of holiness, of righteousness. You can't be in Jesus and in sin. He's going to come and forgive you for your sin. He's going to forgive you. 
I spoke with someone recently. They broke my heart because they still love Jesus. But they're now totally ensnared in their worldly obligations. They're exhausted by their worldly obligations. And I know this person's heart is to be the same as me, to be enfolded in the love of Jesus, to give up the world, the flesh, and the devil, to separate from all of those things that drain you from Jesus. It's going to change. The Holy Spirit is going to come, but he's not going to come to do magic tricks. Oh, there will be healings. There will be wonderful miracles. But that will not be the focus of what he's going to come and bring to us. He's going to come and bring to us the person of Jesus Christ. He's going to bring you into the very heart of God. And you're going to change. (laughs) You're going to be a changed person. Those dark shadows that are still with you can only be removed by the blood of Jesus through the presence of the Holy Spirit coming into your life. Now he begins the last dialogue with his disciples as they sit around that that table laying down, finish their meal. Jesus says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Their hearts are very troubled. Jesus is leaving them. He's going to die. Heartbroken. He says, trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms or mansions, I prefer. If it were not so, I would have told you. So trust me, I'm going to bring you through in victory. One of the last things the Holy Spirit said to me. The Lord will carry you through. The Lord will carry you through. I'm not going to carry myself through. I can't. I've tried. I've heard a lot of people trying. I've been very demanding and judgmental at times. Didn't work. My rebuke didn't matter. It's God coming by the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus. He's coming, and he's going to carry us through this final battle that we face. And believe me, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not overstating. We are now facing the final battle for Christians on this earth. It is going to be a bitter, life-threatening battle, and many of you 
maybe me, will die in this battle. He said, in my father's house are many places. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus has not abandoned you. He's not going to abandon you. He's going to bring you through. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. There will be great persecution against us. He says, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you also may be where I am. Yes, I want to be with Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. I know many of you would not say it like I'm saying it, and I'm not saying it right. But you hear what I'm saying, and it resonates in your heart. You know you have not had Jesus the way you want him. You know he's been distant from you, and you've gone through tragedies. It seemed like Jesus drew near, and then it seemed like he left. Then he says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered very simply, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. He's talking about seeing Jesus and the Father and recognizing that they are one. I don't know how all that works. I don't need to know. But I can tell you this. I've sought after money. I've sought after relationships. I've sought after popularity and success. It's all empty. I've sought in movies, games, service to others. I've tried it all. I can tell you now, there is only one way. And I'm telling you today that I am starving for that way. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm baptized in the Spirit. I'm an educated person. Cast it all off. I want Jesus. Jesus is the one I need. My heart is still empty with religion. That's why I said yesterday, I hate religion. I don't want to ever go in and sit down in a sanctuary and hear the music start and the dance start and the strobe lights start. 
I don't want ever again to listen to a preacher giving smooth words of comfort. Are all lies. Jesus alone is my comforter by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And when I go in a church, I want to hear a straight, honest message that calls me in holiness into the presence of the Holy Spirit, not the happy spirit, not the casual chit-chat spirit. I've sat in sanctuaries. I've gotten up and walked out because it was a casual social club. It was a business. They'd even figured out how much money every person would average give per time they come to the church. And one pastor said, as soon as we start another building campaign, the money income doubles from the members. So we try to always be planning the next project for the church to build a better, bigger, larger church. Because that's what makes people give. That's prostitution. That's adultery. I hate it. I want Jesus honest, straight, clean. I'm waiting for that revival. It's coming. When the Holy Spirit brings to us such conviction for our our wicked lives. All we can do is weep before Jesus and ask him to forgive us and to bring us fully into himself. I'm not interested in the world, the flesh, or the devil. I want Jesus. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll we'll be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. You know what? The verse I read is the key. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. That's the miracle of the Holy Spirit. Coming into the Father and Jesus, entering into Jesus, 
and Jesus entering into me. That's really where we want to go. That's really where we're headed. He says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. So the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That's that's not what happens for me today. Because I'm not in the Father yet. Not in Jesus yet. And this revival that's about to come is going to bring us into the Father, and it's going to bring us into Jesus. Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's not going to happen in us as long as our focus is on the world, meeting the obligations and the responsibilities of the world. If that's what you're doing with your life, You know, you bailed out on the Holy Spirit. And I understand I have too many times. He says, if you love me, we'll obey what I command. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. This is John 14, verse 16. It's a counselor or a comforter to be with you forever, the spirit of truth, not the lies of the culture, not the lies of the preachers, the truth of Jesus. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he is. He lives with you and he will be in you. I'll not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Do you hear this? This is a level of intimacy with Jesus that I have not experienced. Oh, I've had just occasional slight tastes, but I'm not satisfied with that. I want it all. I want Jesus to be fully in me. I want the Father to be fully in me, and I want to be fully in them. I want to be enveloped in God. I've been rebuked for saying that. People have said to me, Pastor, don't talk like that. None of us have that. Don't talk like that. That dishonors Jesus. Well, Jesus said it. He said, this is what we should be asking for. Don't tell me I should be asking with the, for the Holy Spirit so I can do miracles and and signs and wonders, and and can heal this. I don't want that. I want it, but not that way. I want it to flow directly out of the heart of God. I want to be enveloped in God. 
I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Ooh, hear it? Remember I said this? The next revival is going to be about holiness, righteousness. The church doesn't want to hear it today. Get out of here, pastor. We don't want to listen to your sermons. We're not going to listen to your broadcasts. Just leave us alone. We want a Jesus who forgives us and loves us and lets us have our way. Don't talk to us about obedience. Don't talk to us about persecution of the church. Oh, my brother, my sister, whether you like it or not, it's coming like a freight train at you. And at me. We are going to seek with all of our hearts to know what the will of God is. And we're going to be pleading with God to forgive us for believing that we could go to heaven and keep our sin. These wicked, sinning preachers who who say you can you're going to be saved no matter what happens. You're a sinning Christian, but don't worry, God's grace covers you. They're utter fools. They don't know the word of God. They're lying to you. And they know they're lying to you. God has no such thing as unconditional love. It's a lie. You're going to have to go after Jesus. You're going to have to be enveloped in him. You're going to have to learn to obey his commands. Some of you don't even have an idea of what Jesus' commands are for you. You've never read the scriptures. You've never read the Gospel of John. You've never read John's second book, the first book of John. You've never read it. You don't know that Jesus came to the earth to destroy the works of the devil in your heart. And you say, oh, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. No, you're not. You've been deceived. Oh, my brother, my sister. He's going to send another counselor, the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth, not the spirit of a lie. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. The church today cannot accept Jesus. Somebody recently said to my wife, I don't serve the same Jesus you serve. We serve different Jesuses. No, there's only one Jesus. And then there's a deception of Jesus. Jesus is about holiness, reverence. Reverence Jesus in your heart. Plead with him to come in and envelop you in himself and make you one with him. But do it with reverence, not flippancy. Not casualness. Don't walk into church casually strolling in. 
Do it. Have respect for Jesus. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. In other words, we become enveloped in each other. We become one with each other. That's what I want. It's the only thing that's going to satisfy the longing of my heart, to be one with Jesus, to be one with the Father, to be one with the Holy Spirit. That's what will satisfy the longing desire that has hurt my soul all my life. Never found anybody who could talk to me about it. They just brush me off and say, oh, Ray, come on. No, I'm not going to come on. I'm going to wait on Jesus. I need him. Do you sense? I know you do. There's, you're still listening. There, there's something in your heart that joins together with my heart. It says, I want Jesus. I don't want anything of the darkness of this wicked world. I don't want anything of the wickedness of this modern church. I want to walk clean in Jesus. My brother, my sister, you hear the cry of my heart. Please don't condemn me for wanting more of Jesus. I want Jesus. pray. Lord, I know this is something you have to do in me and for me. I know I can't get there by any human means. I know you planted this desire in my heart when I was a little boy. And I know many years have gone by of necessity for the church to apostatize. And now I know you're going to come and you're going to call the church back to yourself. But many will not come. They will depart the faith. They will walk away because it's really not you, the person they desire. It's the success. It's this. It's the successful business called church. They want to be looked upon as good people while in their hearts they're wicked. But Lord, I know. I know revival is coming to the church. You're not going to let the devil steal your remnant. Because you love us more than we love you. And Lord, I know today, even as I speak this word and pray, 
I know there are men and women, boys and girls, just like I was those years ago. His heart is broken and crying out for you. They've served their masters in this world to the point of utter exhaustion. But now there's something deeper stirring in their hearts. They know they need to confess and repent of the hardness of their hearts, even as I know I must. Jesus, have your way. Jesus, I'm asking that the dear sister who has been on the chat line, Rosa, Lord, life has not been easy for her. She's gone through some real tragedies. I'm asking, would you minister to her heart today? Would you open the door for Jesus to minister to her? Would you strip away the lies that she has believed? Would you just Hold her and speak to her. And Lord, I know there are many others like Rosa who are lonely, despairing, sick perhaps, have lost precious family members. Would you come with healing in your wings and would you prepare us for this incredible revival that you're just now ready to begin sending to us. Would you prepare us for this final great persecution and triumph of your people over the works of the devil? Would you put faith in our hearts to believe that you do love us and that our hearts don't need to be troubled? We can trust what you're doing because the work of revival is the work of the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you come in power? And would you minister to us? Lord, thank you. I pray that these words have come straight from your heart, Jesus. I pray they'll be received as from your heart. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I know some of you are my brothers and sisters because you have the same hunger in your heart for Jesus that I have. I know that many of you are waiting for revival. You're waiting for the Holy Spirit to quicken your heart. Start now reading the scriptures on your knees, if you're physically capable of doing that. Begin to read the Gospels, and especially would you read First John, and would you read Chapter 6 of Revelation. Open your heart to the Word of God.
He'll minister to you. Well, write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. Again, that's Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. Zip 22195. Also, I welcome you to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. You can also find directions there for coming to the prayer chapel on Sunday morning at 9.45 to pray. 10 o'clock we begin, but we really start at 9.45. Come and pray with us. Come and wait with us for the fullness of God's holy revival. I love you, my brother and my sister. I thank you for listening. I pray it's been helpful to you. I'll talk to you soon. Great joy with great joy. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.